Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, perfect. Good. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Cyril, your host, and welcome to my podcast that I called I Really Want to Do This. In this podcast, I interview guests from all walks of life and try to understand the various ways that different types of people with different backgrounds and experiences succeed in achieving their goals in their very own ways. Think of the past 10 years in your own life. Have you had a personal goal, an objective, maybe you call it a dream? of doing this one thing. You really want to do that one thing, whatever it may be, but for some reason, you never succeeded in making it actually happen. Well, by showcasing successful achievers and asking them how they did it, I sincerely hope that this podcast will give you some ideas and maybe answers on where to start, how to proceed, in order to actually do that one thing that you really want to do. Hi everyone, uh, this is Cyril, your host, and uh, today we have an amazing guest. We'll get to know her, uh, but I think you know, she'll introduce herself with her first name and where were you born and, and where do you live now? Who are you? <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Daly, and I was actually born in San Jose, California. So pretty much a California girl my okay. whole life. And I've lived in SoCal, and now I live in Northern California. Okay. So wine country. Okay, excellent. How about other countries? Have you ever lived overseas or um, maybe traveled overseas? What, what's your international experience? Traveling is so rich. It's, so, it's been such a big part of my life that, you know, I, I think it's interesting to, uh, to know. Yeah, um, I've never lived overseas, and that's actually something that's on my hit list. So oh, 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 oh. you really want to do this? <laughs> We've been talking about it, yeah, but um, I have traveled. I, I started traveling when I was younger and have just been to a few places, mm -hmm. and it was something that my aunt actually gave me as a gift. She said, I think really? you need to expand your mind. You know, you've been living in this little world. So mm -hmm. we went together to France, just parts of Northern France. Oh, the France. best country in the world? <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> I'm not biased. We, we. And Italy. So, northern and southern Italy. And yes. I've been to Mexico. And I think, that's, I think that's it. Wait. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. So, excellent. So, the format of my podcast is a little bit different. I, I'm really interested in knowing people. But in some ways, I want to get away from the questions we ask. Okay. When I say, hey, how are you? What do you do? I actually don't care about your job. I don't care about your diplomas. I don't care. I really want to know the personality traits. Can you tell us some of your character traits or personality type that you think you have? Oh, Cyril, that's so hard. <laughs> How do you define yourself? <laughs> well, okay. So what would, would your mom say? Or oh, not your mom, because she's biased as well. Like friends would say, what would they say? Or yeah. Okay. Um, I, I guess some of my traits would probably be that I tend to be really upbeat and positive. 
Mm -hmm. I think some of my friends see me as spontaneous when we're hanging out. I'm the person that will just randomly jump up on a statue in the middle of the town square and say, let's do blah, 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 blah. And it's something crazy. Um, And maybe they would say that I I care. I have a big heart and I can be very deep and just go into long conversations about life and death and, you know, things beyond the everyday. Were you were you like this, uh, that upbeat and open-minded, uh, like since you were born, or like since since your childhood, I guess, or um, or did you at some point did you like open up, like maybe teenage years? Or? I think yes and no. Like when I was, well, my mother likes to say that when I was born, I came out like a little flower opening up to the sun, and I think that's really. <laughs> I want to meet your mother. <laughs> She would tell me these stories. And, you know, it's crazy because I think when you hear stories like that about yourself, it changes how you think about yourself. Of course. yeah. But I would say that actually when I was younger, my childhood was kind of tough, you know, and Mm. the mask of happiness was one that I wore as protection. So Mm. I would smile and like my smile was a way to kind of hide and just have a deeper internal process going on. So maybe it was in my twenties that what, like I realized, oh, like, yes, I can appear happy. And on the inside, I'm leading this whole other life where I'm really like going through it. So Mm -hmm. I started to kind of break that down and, Mm -hmm. and integrate that. So maybe when I was younger, I never was really super, super heavy like that. And then as I've started to integrate these pieces and just really be who I am on the inside and out, I think that's how I've maybe who I am now. <laughs> so oh. when I'm jumping up on a statue, it's because I really want to, <laughs> you know, it's not just to hide something on the inside. Well, I love it. Listen, so one of the reasons I want this podcast to be semi-anonymous, where we just know your name is, I want people to be super authentic, super uh, direct, truthful, and even vulnerable. So if you're, how do you feel about sharing a little bit about the hardship that you had in your childhood and did that you know, linking it back to the purpose of this, pod- this podcast of how it it shaped you into uh, going after what you love, like in some ways, because I think hardship could be very positive if you look at it in, in the right lights. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think when I was younger, I, I did know a lot of people that were really going through tough things. They had, you know, like molestation happening in their families or yeah. really tough abuses. And um, I saw people that struggled with a lot of drug abuse in their families and just things that really are very challenging emotionally to go through. Mm -hmm. So looking at a lot of that at the time, I thought, oh, I have it easy and it's good. Like I should be happy for my childhood because I have people who love me and I have a roof over my head. So I think in some ways, like that that thinking kept me from really looking at what was kind of hard in my childhood until I was a little bit older and processing that. But I mean, I think in general, it was just, there was a lot of alcoholism Mm. and especially in this day and age, people don't think a lot about alcoholism as as damaging as it can be. Um, And so I had family members that really struggled with that in different ways. And some were rageful and angry and physically very um, big and violent. And others were functioning alcoholics who, you know, a couple of bottles of whatever, like even a bottle or two of vodka and still be fine at the end of the night. And, um, 
And yet I think a lot of times that alcoholism, it hides, you know, like people drink to escape something when course, they're yes. that level. And so there was just a lot that wasn't being said. And there were a lot of secrets in my childhood and things that people were going through and emotions that they didn't want to face. Mm-hmm. And so that was hard. Cause I, like for me growing up, I felt like I was watching a lot of violence and watching a lot of people who had really beautiful, artistic, gentle dreams, and but they were just constantly struggling mm. or being shut down. And so, like, in a, in some in some ways, did you unconsciously decide I'm not going to be that? I'm going to be more of that. Well, you talked earlier about how you you hid it behind a smile, a happy face, and then at some point you decided this is how I want to be <laughs> all the time because I love it. Well, I was. I was raised really, really religious. Like okay. it was very intense. And so I think in some ways, like having religion to fall into, it gave me a way to explore philosophy and really think about like, what is my life about and what am I here for? So even when I was in middle school and high school, I just decided I, if it takes good grades to get into a good school, to be away from my family home and my family, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. Right. If takes me to be an achiever in order to actually figure out how happiness happens, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. And so wow. a lot of that childhood was me just learning as much as I could in order to change my circumstances. And I don't think from there at that time, it wasn't about, um, you know, like I'm making beautiful things in my life. It really was just survival, you right. know, like a way of, getting out of something that just felt terrible and it worked, (laughs) you know? And then I think later I had to kind of go, oh, well, you know, I'm in a safe space now. I'm able to create whatever I want in my life. So now what do I want to create? And do I have to be an achiever? What happens if I don't achieve? What if I'm just me and I do what I want to do? Is Mm -hmm. that enough? Yeah. Well, listen, this is what I love because I really want to do this podcast about helping people find their way, find their way to make their dreams happen. But if I were to do it just for me, you know, I come from a, such a different roots. Like my family were so strong. My, and my siblings are the best people in the world. And, and I would say something that some people wouldn't, you know, understand like, yeah, it's easy for you. You had an amazing family. So I'm so glad to have you. And thank you for your, um, your openness about, about this. Now, the last question about you is, do you have a motto that you live by? Is something like some phrase sentence that you, you like to remind yourself? Yeah. I like carpe diem. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you read it, you know, a little more deeply, it's like living not only in the moment, but living a life that you actually plan for and like you create the circumstances in each moment to like really live something amazing and something Mm. that you're embodied in, in each moment. So, you know, like today I have a really close family, everybody, actually, they're all, they all just bought a property and they're all going to live together on this big land. Yeah. And everybody over the years, there's been so much healing and everybody's kind of sorting their pieces out and they've, everybody come has come together, you know, but like, I think that the way we got there was through learning how to just be in each moment. So when I think of like big breakthrough moments in my life and some of the things that I did that I'm really proud of, it all kind of started with me just going like, 
okay, I know what the world says I should do right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what science says. I know what my parents say. I know, but like, what do I really want to do on the inside? What would really make me feel alive? So you do ask your question like every year or do you just constantly think about that? What, what should I do the next five years, next 10 years to feel like I am myself? Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a Capricorn. I love planning. I okay. love it. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I start with that heart question, like the vision, you know, yeah. like whatever yeah. the vision is, and it could be big or small or whatever. Like I used to have a laundry list. I want to be a costume designer. Then I did. I was a costume designer. Really? Do event planning. Then I just did event planning. Okay. I wanted, well, okay. I would it be like to work in a law firm? I worked in a law firm. Like I just, yeah. So I love it. So yeah, you decide something and you go after it. So. That takes us to the next part of the podcast. Let's go into your, I really want to do this. So tell me, I mean, there seem to be like a lot of them. You want it to be in a law firm? You want to be a costume designer? Yeah. Once I realized, oh my gosh, this huge world is out here for us. We could do anything. I was like, what do I want to do? And I started out in school, I did art, I went to school for art history and costume design. And I was, you know, not sure what I wanted to do. In my heart, I loved crystals and new agey things. And I had this image of myself, you know, like having a little magical shop. Yeah. But I didn't want to, I didn't have the courage at that point. So I I was like, what else do I want to do? So yeah, I wanted to be a costume designer. I thought it would be fun to meet a bunch of random famous people and just like get to like see who they are. Um, And the world brought me that. Like I did, um, I had like a brief conversation with Nelson Mandela at one point when I was in college and I had a fun night dancing the night away with Prince when I was younger. I used to be a dancer and I danced um, just for fun. Like I, I had a small little dance troupe. We did things. It was just fun. And, you know, and so I had this whole other life. And every time I had these goals, I would just think, okay, what is it that I really envision? Okay, so let me stop you for a second. How did you get, how did you create those goals? Was it just imagination? Like, wow, I want to do this. I, that's exactly what I want to know. How does it formulate into your brain? Is it reading? Is it just loving life? I really, really believe that our creativity is the gateway to our deeper wisdom. Like, I mm-hmm. really believe that. It's like a doorway to cosmic connection to everything. So mm-hmm. I trust what my heart tells me. And for me, yeah, it just started with getting creative, like sitting down and kind of having space to dream about my life. You know, mm-hmm. like I've worked 40 hour work weeks in places before and that's not enough for me. And so I, I allowed myself to think about what do I really want? And once I found mm-hmm. that and touched that, I refused to let it go. So I think a lot of people- no, But then the second one, after dreaming it, it's refusing. To let it's it like, go. I'm not giving up. Like a so dog what, Okay, go. so what made you keep that promise to yourself? Because a lot of people have dreams, they do it for 10 years and then still not do it. I think it's that people get scared you know, like they, they're working in a, they're working for a job. They're just trying to make money to live. And yeah. it's really a survival mentality, you know? Yeah. And I realized I don't want to live that way. So I think it was a decision, a decision that your life can be more. And, and then just making the commitment that it will be more. 
Right. So it would be more in certain points, but less in others. Like if you're really want to have this big house and the second car, well, maybe if you want to have a fuller life with a job you really love, like making costumes doesn't make as much money as being a lawyer. So you kind of have to give up some comfort for that dream you're looking for. Yeah. Yes and no, I think, you know, like I do think that when it comes to creativity, people, we have a lot of beliefs as a society that just aren't true. You know, like there are people that do costume design or that do design work that make a lot of money. I've worked as a registrar for art galleries in the past and met artists who nobody really knows, like they're not super known across the world. And yet they have a wonderful life where they're able to have beautiful homes and all the things that they want. And they just make art all day. That's what they do. So I think for me, it was like realizing life really is what we make of it. We really can have just about anything if we're willing to learn what we don't know and put real effort and focus into cultivating the skills and the crafts to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a lot of people get stuck on, oh, I want this thing, but it just feels so far out there. I could never have that. I'm not allowed to be that person that, you know, like whatever dances the night away with famous people and just pulls crazy visionary ideas out of my head and makes them reality. But we could all do that if you have the courage to say, yeah. I deserve this and yeah. I'm allowed to have this. So tell me about your, all the different achievements you've done. Cause I've heard too, uh, I want to know more. <laughs> much. I, my list was kind of short. Like I said, costume design. I wanted to be an artist at one point and maybe just, cause I grew up in a very artistic family painting yeah. and drawing and stuff. But as my life went, I realized I didn't need to do that as a like life thing. I will always be creative, you know, right. like. No matter summer, what you do, yeah. Yeah, and like this summer, I was out watercoloring in the fields when the flowers all bloomed in spring. And that was just like a fun moment, right? right. So yeah, I, I worked for a law firm for a little bit. I, um, I just wanted to have that experience and opened myself up to it and said, I'm really open to picking up on the cues, the possibilities. And when I just feel, when there's a right feeling with people, just asking questions and and following up and seeing where it leads, you know? And so I think that's how I've had a lot of great experiences. So is what you're doing now part of one of those objectives you've had and tell us about it. Uh, Yeah. So I think once that big list of fun things ended, you know, and I was like, Oh, well, I guess I could maybe bungee jump. I thought, well, that's not even exciting to me anymore. <laughs> like, what else is there? Like, what am I going to do with my time? You know, like, what do I do? And I think that it led me to the thing that I really felt passionate about and was afraid of, you know, like I wanted to, I saw mm. myself in this little shop with little magical crystals and new age spiritual things. So I realized I'd run out of things to do. And that's when I decided to start to make that a reality. And it was very scary because I was working full time in an art gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was handling these like really gorgeous, beautiful turn of the century pieces of art and like handling millions of dollars worth of art. And it felt like this wonderful place in my more linear career, you know? Yeah. But 
it wasn't fulfilling me. I would work during the day all day in this little locked vault with a bunch of art. And you had to use a key code to get in, you know, and yeah, yeah. I would, and in the lunchtime, I would go sit out at the water and I love the ocean. I would sit out at the water and look across at Alcatraz Island. Mm -hmm. And one day I was looking and eating my lunch and I thought the people that were in Alcatraz, they were trapped. Like they were there and they couldn't leave and they looked over here for freedom and I'm free and I'm in a prison in my own world. I'm, I'm not fulfilled. I'm just living to make the money to take care of yeah. things. Yeah. And I have some happiness, but I'm not like lighting up. And so at that moment, I just, I made a decision. I thought I have this curiosity to start a store. So maybe I'm not going to just quit my job tomorrow and go like put a bunch of money down and start a store. That sound that sounded crazy to me, yeah. but I decided to really take the idea and not let go and just keep tending it. Like you're, when you're building a fire. Yeah. You know? So well, I feel like this, this new phase in your life was to take a little bit more of a risky approach and, you know, think of the outside your comfort zone and very and uncomfortable. Say, yeah, before it was, I can do anything I want, but there was no risk, really. It's just, you know, you're working for somebody else and and now you're there's more risk. So how did you feel about taking that risk and, and jumping? Yeah, it was it was uncomfortable. And I, I think though, honestly, that probably the big push was I it, like a critical mass. I just came to a place where I thought, is this really gonna be my life? You know? And mm -hmm. There were things that were more important to me to make the new reality real. So I got pregnant at that time. And like once my child was born, I suddenly realized if I go back to work and back to that job, I don't get to hold this baby in my arms every day for hours on end. Yeah. No, but if I, I'd already sort of, I decided that that store that I dreamed of would become a web store so that I could travel and drop ship if I wanted to. Yeah. And then I could always do a physical location if I wanted to. What store uh, is it? What did you it was an online, I don't have it anymore. I transitioned, but it was an online web store that sold candles and metaphysical supplies. So like all of the little spiritual crystals and I would spend days and just go up into the countryside and um, like go to little auction houses and antique and I would find metaphysical vintage items and then resell them on this website in addition to basic supplies and big leather books and things like that. Wow, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it was like kind of slowly going, but once I had that child, that baby, it was like, it felt suddenly very critical. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't do all of the things I needed to decide what was truly important to me. Right. And I just made that commitment to shift and it was very, very scary. But I, I, I think the more that I've done things like this in my life, as I've gotten older, I kind of have realized that it's always the same thing. It's like, there's an idea, there's a thought, a hope, oh, I could do this. And then there's a whole bunch of fear, you know, like, so, and doubt. Go through the fear, like personally, do, do you ask friends you trust? Like, is that a good idea? Should I do this? Or no. do you I mean, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I have like one or two really good friends I trust that way. But I realized that a lot of times the people who love us the most, they Might really love us. 
they want to keep us safe. So yeah. when we tell them crazy things, they may not get it. They may not like, oh, I'm going to quit my wonderful job and start a little web store, even though I don't know how to do anything online, <laughs> you know? But um, so a lot of friends I found mean well, but they will sometimes try to talk you into more practical approaches. And so I think if anything, I've learned who to trust with that vision. And it's usually people that can give me encouragement while still grounding me in, okay, what do you actually need to make this real? What's the stuff you actually have to learn that you don't know? Because what you don't know, I mean, I found like that's usually where I end up. That's the hardest piece. So with all that fear and, and doubt, you know, who am I to do this? Who do I think I could be to, why should I be able to do this when so many people have to slough off through life? I've just learned to like really tend those thoughts as, as if they're real things and say, okay, that doesn't belong here. Let's, let's get rid of that one. Oh, here's a positive thought. Let's bring that in deeper. Oh, this thought about childhood stuff. That's a mess. Let's, let's go into it and heal it. And so I've read books to help me. Like I try to read a couple of books a month. Sometimes I don't read anything, but Mm -hmm. I find that it really helps my mindset. And at that time I was not reading any books, but I just went on YouTube and I listened to people that were making their dreams happen and hearing the energy of them becoming something it inspired me. It kept me, I would listen to that in the background. And within five or six months, I learned how to code HTML back when that was a thing, like a decade and a half ago. And, you know, learned how to build a website and how to do yeah. all kinds of things. So, so um, search engine optimize. And then I learned all of that. So I could have this little store with colors. Are there any problems you couldn't solve and you were, oh, how do I do here? And and how did you deal with the hard ones? Yeah. I mean, I think in the end, it's like sometimes the internet problems, you could just call a tech person, right? But what happens when you have problems in your head (laughs) or in your heart? (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it has, I, I have, again, two really close friends that I think just having those really vulnerable conversations and then hearing them reflect back love has been very stabilizing, but also, yeah, like I've hired coaches sometimes and I think it's just, I had to shift my own mindset. So instead of thinking like life is happening to me, life is happening to me. Oh, I just can't figure this thing out. I was never meant to do it. That's why it's not working. Like all of this negative talk. Yeah. I had to learn to really shift how I thought about things and instead go, this life is an adventure. And every day I, I get to whether <laughs> this is going to be a positive, amazing adventure with a, like a breakthrough or whether I'm beaten by the storm, you know, and it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Every day I've had to wake up with a fresh determination, you know, and go, no, it's okay to start fresh. And, and, if there's something I don't know about this dream I have, that's okay. So just as I would get somebody to fix my car, I go, who do I need to fix my mind? Is it, do I need a teacher to teach me things? 
is this actually about a deep worth issue that I just don't think I deserve it? Do I need like a mindset coach? Mm-hmm. Do I need to go pray? <laughs> like, is this a spiritual thing? And I just need more life force and connection yes. every day. Oh man, I love it. Tell me about all these different experiences. Do you see a pattern between all of them? Although they're completely different in in, uh, in target objective, do you see a pattern of how you deal with things? Um, and do you see also an evolution? Because I believe that, you know, maybe that company that you created online, you know, didn't work, but then it, it was a stepping stone to do something else after and after and after. And then you, you know, we call it experience where you basically have more trust in yourself and your abilities. I've done that. I can do more. Do you, yeah. do you see that in your, all your experiences? I think so. I mean, I think people who do entrepreneurial things and even people who just do amazing things, things that the average person goes, what? You're doing what? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it, for all of that, it, it comes from a creative part of our, our energy and our being, you know, it's like this essence of who we are. And I think the more that you dare, the more that you just dare to do it, the stronger the process becomes. And so maybe the first time I ever tried to have a business for myself, I was like 16 selling candy in school. And then later I made soap and sold soap in Los Angeles. And those entrepreneurial, just taking that creativity and going, I'm scared. Okay, it's okay to be afraid, do it anyway. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it, but I don't know how it's supposed to look. You don't have to have all of the answers just start with one thing that you feel inspired by one thing mm-hmm. and then a little thing yeah and then anytime i get stuck bringing in support you know to to help me learn more or take the next step so when i first started that with the soap i just got shut down at some point because i just felt like it's too hard and i think that feeling is what's changed so mm-hmm. you know with the online web store With that, I saw that through and it got to this place where it was making money and I'd had this great accomplishment. And then it was just a matter of, am I really happy in this? What is the next evolution of this? So I think sometimes people think you have to, if you love something, you have to do it forever. And I don't believe that mm-hmm. you can change it. Things can change. Right. So yeah, like I think that store prepped me to be able to then do other work. Like I, I love energy healing work and I, I have millions of crystals. You yeah. should see them. It's ridiculous, you know? And, and now like I'm, I'm in that place today where that, that woman who could just give away crystals, that's who I am. And I was afraid to be her years ago. I was afraid because I, I didn't know how that could look. It also sounded a little unstable. Like a lot of people that do a lot of energy work and crystals. I had this idea about what that meant about who I had to be, you know? And so it took me time to like, let go of stories about what I thought I would have to be or like the ego story. Yeah. What do you do? You work with people and what do you do? They come to you 
seeking yeah. what and what do you give them? Tell me more about this. This is so exciting. I think sometimes people are just stressed out or they've been through trauma or they just want to get to the next level. They want to do something, you know? So I teach classes in energy healing and I also do energy healing and it looks a little bit different for everyone. Cause I have like, I've studied different things and I have a lot of history in that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, people just come and I meet them in the present moment with where they're at. And for me, it's this great adventure. We get to be in a space and, you know, bring in crystals or call on guides or, or just sit and talk, like talk right. about life and ancestors and history and earth and see mm. what opens up when people just let go of stories that aren't serving them, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it must be so hard because everybody's different, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and they come with their whole history of life. And, but what you do is you basically look at them that present day and you try to heal that energy. Wow. Yeah, I think it can be easy if we just start in love mm-hmm. and like honest, like it's, I've always thought of myself as an honest person, but I think as I've grown older, I realize a lot of my journey has been learning to be really honest with myself about what I'm capable of and not capable of because when I'm honest with myself then I can actually be honest with people and like really show up and also get support where I need it to make all Mm -hmm. of those dreams real you know I love it so what's your next I really want to do this you told me you wanted to live overseas obviously in France (laughs) (laughs) So, and do you have a strategy for it? Are you actually going to make it happen? Be careful, you're recorded right now. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know. Like, I think I've come to this place where I just feel like a long time ago, the the business that I have now was a big dream of mine. And I I had a lot of fear and resistance and doubt. And and then it's just worked out, you know. And every day I meet new challenges, but now I feel like I'm in this place where I'm not going to sink because of them, you know. So the next step, I think, is really just like, what is this deeper happiness for daily? Mm -hmm. And I've thought about that it might be nice to live somewhere very different like Japan Mm. for six months, maybe, you know, maybe a year. And we've like, we're looking at that. We're thinking about it. (laughs) And um, beyond that, I think, too, with the whole past couple of years, I realized that I am ready for just a really different model for how I do my work. So I've been in this really, really awesome, totally crazy transition within even like my, my business and what I do with in-person stuff and then learning how to translate that into online stuff. So that all of those learning skills are, I'm back to square one again. I don't think it ever ends when you're just daring, you know, it's more like the evolution of it has been me going, I can have what I want. I really, really can. We can all truly have what we want. There are a thousand creative solutions out there. So I think I don't plan to just only be online, but I realized it didn't have to be black or white. So I have most things online and then still have really amazing retreats you know, and gather all of the people I enjoy and go to Hawaii and talk about the philosophy of love and go surfing. 
next step would be to have a little bit more mobility with what you currently have. Yeah, go to Japan and teach classes online from Japan yes. and then retreats and bring everybody out to the place that we're renting, you know? Yeah. I think it's just, I really believe life is, for me, I believe it's meant to be fun and it, it can be. So what I love is like, if you think where you are now, what you're thinking of doing, oh, we could do, you know, a remote like retreat in Japan. Like look five years, six years ago when you decided to start that, I said, look, that's what you're going to do. Like, no, no way, you know? I'm literally saying no way. I remember saying I'll never be that person. Yeah, that's what I love. It's You just have yeah. to start small and everything evolves. And then you adapt to the situation and then it evolves and evolves and evolves. Thank you so much, Daily. I think it's very, very interesting. Um, I asked you uh, at the before the podcast to listen to a song that would put you in a good mood. <laughs> and so right now it's the reveal of the song can you because I, I do think that if you are in a good energy before you start meeting someone or talking like on this case in a podcast it does reveal and we felt it definitely so what what song was it well it sounds very cliche but I uh put on happy by feral mm -hmm. I don't know if you know you had to be dancing. I'm happy, come along. Do, yeah, yeah. You know that. Yes, I love it. Yeah, I, I like. I put it in my Spotify, and then I thought I need a whole happy playlist with just silly songs. Just yes, to, do it. That's, that's the one place to go when you feel a little bit down or whatever, or you know, a morning where it's hard to get up, even though you have coffee or whatever you take. Yeah. <laughs> put your happy songs. I love it. Yeah. And then um, there's another song, Right Said Fred does um, that old one, I'm too sexy for my shot. Oh. Well, I like that song too. <laughs> Did you listen to it also? No, but I thought about it while I was trying to get my sound to work. Okay, so that's the one you're going to listen to now. <laughs> it's just fun. Okay, but I didn't get to ask you anything. Oh, you want to ask me something? Go ahead. I probably will always want to ask you something, but since we're talking about music, I want to know, like, do you have happy songs? Oh yeah, of course. Like right now I'm listening to this song. It's a French author called, called Christophe Maé. Uh -huh. And he's got one called L'Ours, which is the bear. And that oh, okay. song, I listened to it like 20 times in a row. And <laughs> I should put this on my playlist. Oh my God, I'll send it to you. And so it's L'Ours by Christophe, Christophe Maé. And I actually have to stop listening to it because I wake up in the morning in, my, in the night and I have it in my head like over and over and over. It's an obsession, that song. I love it. I get that way though, because the music I think is like, I think of it as a transmission. Like sometimes we just need a certain energy, like a joy or an excitement or like, and then we hear it and it just brings us to another place. So oh, I yeah. listen to songs on repeat all the time, yeah. Okay, so well, as soon as we stop recording, I'll send you the Christophe May Lourdes. Okay. And cool. then, yeah, you'll love it. Okay, Daily, listen, thank you so much for your time and for your wise thoughts. Keep uh, going after your goals. And in six months or one year, we can call when you're in Japan. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where I end up. <laughs> Maybe it will be France. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll just be like a hermit in Washington somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let me know if I can help. I'll be so happy to, to help you make it happen. Yeah, I would love okay. that. Thank you. Thank you, Daily. 
Thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Cyril. And remember, life is an adventure. Live it. That was great. Thank you so much, Daly. Yeah, I think that was about, actually, probably right on time, like maybe 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you Bye. so much. Bye.